What's shaking, cats and kittens? Rob Lee here for this month's presenting sponsor, Night Owl Gallery. Night Owl Gallery is an intimate, artist-run exhibition space showcasing the original paintings and fine art prints of Beth Ann Wilson. Also, it features curated goods from local artists and craftsmen. You'll be sure to find one-of-a-kind gifts, handcrafted jewelry, home decor items, along with a few vintage treasures. Located in the rear of 248 South Conklin Street in Highlandtown, across from the Sally O's, Night Owl Gallery is a unique space that brings together Wilson's love of the arts, community, and culture. Additionally, Night Owl Gallery hosts an array of arts and crafts workshops throughout the year and participates in community events, many of which are free and open to the public. So in this ever-changing world, safety is their priority. So feel free to join them and hit them up online at www.nightowl.gallery. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today's guest is the founder and owner of Tola's Room. We have Christina Delgado. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. As you can see, Cookie Dough is featured as well over here. It's a great day. It's a great day. Yes, it is a great day. <laughs> um, so let's 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 start talking about it. Let's talk about what what Tola's Room is about and which in which your work is about there. Sure. So uh, Tola's Room is a concept that um, I kind of just evolved over time, right? Like I always wanted to have a collective sort of concept around uh, business. And initially it started when I was a makeup artist and then kind of evolved as I um, became a single mom trying to look for things for my daughter to do. Uh, and that's sort of where the name kind of came from. Uh, and then more recently, you know, just as business does, it kind of evolves, you know, I realize, you know, I'm an artist, I'm an educator, I'm a community organizer. And so, and I do so many things. And so ultimately that is uh, what our mantra is, right? So it's a collective of art, community and education. You know, we believe that it, uh, those three things, those three pillars really uh, build uh, human capacity, community capacity. And, you know, ultimately the idea would be to like, let it lead to generational wealth. And so just doing different things in those realms. I like that. It's, it's a great mission. And I think it's really important that, um, especially here with a, a city that has its different, um, its different uh, struggles and its different perceptions and having this, and then I think awareness and maybe this, this notion of resources around for like the use to kind of help sponsor and, and foster um, an interest in art and okay. an interest in doing something that is past the, the moment. It's like be aware and be mindful of what's going on right here at this moment, but also something in, in the future, what have you think about what you're leaving behind when you touched on generational wealth and all. That's so right. that's important. It's, and it's huge. Um, and I think people are so indoctrinated with this notion of check the check or, you know, yes. I need to just just yes. do this for the right now. And yeah. it can be it can be deeper than that. And it, it, to me, it speaks to having a plan, having a plan and, and having art be a part of it. But having right. a plan is the major thing for me. Right. Right. hundred percent. So. Yeah. Share share some some of the programs or, or partnerships that you've that that you're that, that you're doing with uh, Tola's Row. Uh, so you know we've kind of it's it's kind of crazy because we've done so many. Um, I think initially when we started, uh, we uh, partnered with a lot of local businesses, or I shouldn't say a lot, like a few local businesses to create um, different uh, pop up event kind of shop 
event ideas. And um, we did that a couple of times. Um, and then uh, more recently, um, I'm really excited with the partnership that I've made um, with, well, first of all, we I, we partner with Northeast Leaders, which is like a, a group of uh, amazing people that do great work throughout the city of Baltimore, um, but, you know, kind of started and stemmed from wanting to focus in the Northeast uh, part of Baltimore. Um, and so we've done, you know, different things like flea market events in Harriman Park. We've done, we just recently, this past Saturday, did an ice cream social for one of the founding members who passed away in memory of her. Uh, so we're really just a group of people that, you know, do great work and we bring our power together collectively and, and just kind of shine in different ways. Um, and then also I did recently with um, Naima Sharif and End Life, her group, uh, we did a um, anti-litter art advocacy uh, project with some youth uh, in Bella Edison. And I was really excited about that. It's called Just Don't. Uh, and so that was cool. It was it was intense because it was like a three month intensive of teaching, you know, high school kids virtually and in person about art and art as advocacy and, you know, um, the effects of litter and trash. Right. Um, but it was cool. We ended up having an outdoor exhibit in Harriman Park in May and uh, the kids learned a lot. And now we're working on creating uh, the marketing material to use in the community. So those are some of the more recent partnerships, I guess. That's great. And it's not far from my uh, alma mater. Uh, I believe that, that that area you describe Heron Run is like, that's near Morgan. <laughs> yes, yes. Morgan Cares actually funded our Just Don't Project. Yeah. It's wonderful. Go Bears and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's great to hear when just things come together, mm -hmm. when things come together. A hundred percent. So can you, can you share one or two stories of individuals whose lives have been changed because of the organization, because of the organization? So, um, so definitely we're, we're social entrepreneurs want to kind of put it out that in that capacity. Um, you know, I don't know. I think I've affected a lot of people. I think my daughter and I working together, we've, we've, we've made a lot of change. You know, I think that we've, um, through just leadership, right? Like just through showing through servant leadership and, and doing and showing we've helped, um, other leaders to get ideas or just to kind of help grow their capacity. Um, you know, as an educator, you know, I, I think that I've, um, I've actually reached quite a few lives. It's funny just living in the city. You know, I've been in Baltimore since probably about 2004, 2005. And like, I'll see kids and they'll come up to me. And, you know, sometimes I remember their faces and sometimes I don't, but still they're just like, you know, you taught me or like, I remember you. And um, I'll never forget one time I was uh, getting a hat for my daughter. We were going to the Walters Museum. She was tiny. So it was probably about five years ago. And we went to a boutique that was across the street. And this girl she like approaches me and she's like I know you and I could not recognize her and she's like you're Miss Delgado she said you taught me um photography it's because of you that like I'm in modeling and I like photography and I and like it really took me it was like hard not to like have tears in my eyes you know because it sounds so cheesy but you know you do the work because it's your passion it's your love but you you know, when you really affect someone's life, you know, it's like, wow, that it really works, you know, it really does work. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I've affected a few people in my life. I don't know that I could like note them all, but I'd like That's to say to that I've made some positive change. That's great to hear. Um, I remember uh, a few years back, I, I did this, um, 
I did this thing as a, as a high school, I believe it was maybe Douglas over there near Mondamin. And I just went there and I'm self-taught at all of this stuff. Right. So yeah. I went there and we had like a radio station set up and they were doing this new like radio booth situation. And basically, and this is not long after the unrest and all of that stuff that went on there. And it's kind of demonizing of those people in that area, namely the wow. children. Wow. And it, it was interesting. They saw like me there doing interviews and running this whole program. Someone that looks like them that's from that same place. And I've run into one or two of them. It's like, I know you, you're that podcast guy. You're that, that guy. It's like, I remember sitting down and watching and observing and now I'm pursuing this area and, you know, college, or I'm yeah. doing my own podcast. And I think sometimes just being able to see it, you know, people get something from it and it's just like, there's more to it. You, you can get something from it. You either have to see it or you talk to the person, but they never forget you. And, um, I remember one of my experiences, even being the the receiver in that instance, I was in um, I was in uh, high school and I had a class with a film critic and she told us about film theory and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So we were watching like, horror movies and things like that in the, in the course, but it was like, well done horror movies. And even now, because I'm doing a movie and we're watching a movie for a review that I'm doing later this week. And some of the lessons she taught in that, which had to be what in 2000, what two, maybe yeah. I still utilize. It was like, ah, yeah. huh, Miss Lee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember, you know, what she, what she taught me and I'm still using it to this day and how I view movies and how I look at like how CGI is used in there and things of that nature. So it's, it's really big and it's an important role that I think um, educators, especially in that um, creative space uh, play. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, it's it's funny because one of my fond memories as a kid was was something similar where you know like an art group came in and like I did like learned how to like act and sing and do all this musical and then we did like a off Broadway kind of like thing and I remember my dad bringing me flowers. You know, it was like a big thing and just to see full circle now that you know that's some of the work that I do. You know, um, uh, it, it's my my passion, my career. So it's just kind of funny how these things do affect you. Sometimes like they're in the forefront of your mind and other times it's just more subconscious, but it does, you know, does definitely mold you as a person. Absolutely. 100%. So you, you touched on the off Broadway piece. This is not a question that I had on there either. So you get something <laughs> different. Uh, so, uh, so how, how, what was the, the, the story of you coming to, to Baltimore? Where were you, where are you originally from? Yeah, so I'm originally from New York City, born and raised. Um, my parents divorced early uh, uh, when I was young. So when, before they divorced, they wanted to kind of transition to someplace new. And so they, they moved to Richmond. Uh, when they divorced, my mom stayed there. So uh, when I graduated high school, I naturally transitioned to uh, Richmond. I went to VCU. Um, and then I was actually doing makeup professionally uh, when I was in school. And that kind of led me up to D.C., uh, where I did that for a while. And then I, I met a man and, you know, and then he was transitioning to Baltimore. I was looking for something different. I was looking to kind of get back into like my degree of psychology and, and that sort of thing. Um, and so then, yeah, in like 2004, 2005, um, I ended up moving up here. I met uh, Sally Smith, who uh, was the founder of like, Washington Lab and Baltimore Lab Schools. Uh, and so that kind of got me into the the realm of teaching, you know, and of art, you know, related teaching. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And so I've been here ever since. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's been cool. It's definitely been cool. It's, um, I always say it's a love hate relationship me in Baltimore. <laughs> we'll have, we'll have more about that actually. Um, <laughs> Cause yeah, you know, New Yorkers, we, we have a weird relationship with y'all. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so how does your work like, and I, and I, and I think you touched on it, but maybe, uh, we can go deeper into that, but how does your work comment on social or political issues? So I think, you know, it's funny if my friends were listening to this, they would be kind of chuckling right now. Um, so I think I hit it in subtle ways sometimes, and then more direct and raw ways than others. Um, I definitely, when I first started the community organizing bits, um, I learned the hard way that you kind of have to be careful. You can't always be so uh, direct and out there just because there's just a lot of, you know, power struggles and egos and bureaucracy, mm -hmm. uh, even at the community level, you know, that is a little frustrating, um, but have definitely kind of learned, learned to work around. Um, I would say with my arts, it's definitely more direct. You know, I try to put like my feelings out there, um, whether it's just through, you know, photo documentation or whether it's through some type of mixed media work or art, word art kind of piece. Mm -hmm. um, in education, I'm always pushing the envelope, really trying to, you know, uh, change the way learning happens, change the way teaching happens. Um, really always trying to bring a community elements um, and an element of self into the work that I do in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And then for organizing work, uh, you know, I think I learned over time, you know, people naturally want to always address the issues. And that is really very important and valuable. Um, but it can also sometimes be daunting. You know, it can sometimes just be overwhelming. And so, um, you know, always with the issues in mind, now I think my work really is about just uh, you know, building human capacity, like really touching on the beauty that already exists and then finding ways to just kind of elevate that and helping, you know, to just push through, um, again, through servant leadership, you know, through example, um, and then just offering up ways to kind of do that. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but, you know, I feel like, um, yeah, I can, I can be raw in my feelings and my talk sometimes, but, I've learned also to kind of be a little bit passive and a little um, more, I guess, um, subtle in my ways, but still strong. I, I think that's, I think that's important where you're, you're able to show something that that's real or what have you. And I think it's, it comes from a personality. I think when people are buying something, however, whether they want to receive it and accept it, but I think it comes from that. Cause if it's like, you're just doing the same de facto, we've heard this a thousand times and there's nothing in it, mm -hmm. then you're not really getting through to the person. But if it's something that comes like, Oh, okay. That was a little raw right there. That's, that's real right there. It's like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you know, I, I get it in from, from this standpoint, because, uh, I've been podcasting for, for 12 years and I, I know people listening to this, like he says this every episode, but <laughs> the, the, the point is ultimately that, you know, you, you learn a lot of how you're presenting yourself, how you present yourself as a brand. And even in the, the conversations you have with people. So right. Right. if at 36, I'm still acting like the way I was when I was 24, I don't show much growth. So over that time, you grow as a person, you grow as an individual and you recognize certain things that, Oh, I sent a representative. So I would imagine 
during that time of sending the representative and not being my authentic self and not presenting myself in that way That's right. that I wouldn't show certain things. And right. when I'm more comfortable with showing and presenting myself, that's the thing I hear from people all the time, especially in these podcasts. Like mm-hmm. before we turned on the, these cameras, I, I, I never met you before that's and right. we exchanged a few emails, but you know, it's really interesting how sometimes based off of one small conversation, it's like, oh, we're friends now. Or yeah. people will see you in the streets like, hey, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it comes from trying to be as authentic and open in yourself. Yeah. So it 100%. resonates for people. A hundred percent. And it's funny, you know, that is definitely one thing. It's a philosophy I've always had because, you know, sometimes, you know, people's words can get to you and you feel like, you know, you know, am I not doing what I, you know, intended to do, or, you know, am I falling short? But, you know, I really feel like if your heart is in it, you know, and if you know that you're following true to that, you know, and, and ultimately if it's, it's always in the good, you know, in the, in the, in the mindset of like the good of yourself or the good of people, you know, then, then that's all that you can do, you know, and just constantly remind yourself of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as you, you touched on earlier with just, sometimes people don't want to hear what, what what feels real. And sometimes Mm -hmm. people want to have that more sanitized thing. And Mm -hmm. I am not a sanitized person. I'm from here. Well, hold on. Let me say it differently. (laughs) (laughs) I know what Uh, you mean. (laughs) But yeah, like I like to just be authentic and show the warts, show the whole situation and get down to the good stuff and the bad stuff. And when I, I do this podcast, it came out of like this, this, uh, effort to try to normalize what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Like, we have as much talent as any one of these other cities that we have a lot of similarities to. We're just smaller in some ways. Like, That's right. and, but no, people would just, just do the demonizing thing as I touched on when the unrest went down. It's like, right. y'all don't know anything about that area. Right. You know, it, it's not right. by any mistake that it's a really high historic, like black area. Nah, right. it's only this over there. Yeah. So, so speaking of areas, there, there are some that are, are, have a history or have a reputation even now that um, artists kind of get together. Like when I think of station North, that's just where people like link up and you start seeing different creators collaborate and so on from your vantage point, how important is it to be in a company of other artists when it comes to the development stage process stage, or just the, Hey, I want to pick your brain. How important is that for you? Oh, it's, it's so important. I think that that's, that's one of the things that I value most um, about being here. You know, I think that I didn't, I didn't learn, I didn't learn my fullest potential as an art of, artist or creative until later in life. Um, and it was truly because of being here in Baltimore, you know, and just being around the art culture, the art community and having intention, like knowing that it was what I wanted to do. Um, but then just kind of like naturally letting it sort of come together. So, you know, first it started in education naturally transitioned into like more embedded art and like art related teaching, uh, teaching artistry. Um, And then when organizing work came into it, it's like, it just brought everything full circle for me. So, you know, um, some artists I just kind of knew others. I just co-called because I wanted to do community based projects with them. Um, And they were always so open and receiving, you know, there was never a time that I met somebody that I didn't know um, that isn't a friend now, you know, um, and, you know, that, you know, that's a real true feeling. You know, I was thinking a lot about that question. And, um, you know, one thing I can say about the community, the artist community, it's like, 
it's kind of like almost like a handshake sort of thing. It's like a worth, a value, a trust, you know, mm-hmm. like an ability. It's like if you prove yourself, um, then, you know, you you have a forever friend, you know, you have a forever yeah. community um, of people that you can pull from and, and choose from. And so, yeah, I think, you know, the artist community is invaluable. It really is here in Baltimore, I think, you know, all around the world, right? But like here in Baltimore, like they have been able to preserve culture. They've been able to to reinvent a certain level of culture, you know? Um, and it truly is what makes the city, you know, I, I think personally, I think it's, you know, I think finally now the government, even the city government is like tapping in, you know, BOPA has always been around, but like when you think about like just using art on buses or using art to like help with like certain like related issues, you know, as a way um, to sort of just uh, gain people's perspective, you know, and then organizing work, art has always been the, like the universal language for me. Mm-hmm. the community builder, the trust builder, the people builder. And so, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's an important aspect of the work. Totally. Uh, I, I definitely echo that sentiment. And I think one of the things I've been playing with in terms of what takes like Baltimore to that next level, potentially in a much larger, more uh, visible kind of way, I, I don't know, but I think that there are things that, uh, that are here that, because people look in some ways at Baltimore as a kind of stamp of approval way, because you can get some traction really mm-hmm. quickly here mm-hmm. because of that. Once you've proven yourself and there, there are some things you have to go through to prove yourself. Cause you know, we have a thing against outsiders sometimes I think, Yeah. but once you've kind of proven yourself that you are about the, the stuff and you do good work and all of that good stuff, you know, then it's like, you know, you can easily move up and you, you can go from place to place. And I think, people have tapped into it. Like you'll see that as you touched on, I've seen on train stops that are on that line from uh, like what Mark or Amtrak, I'll go mm-hmm. to Philadelphia and I'll see like the visit Baltimore. I was like, mm-hmm. is that Chino? Yes. <laughs> I saw one in New York. I saw one in New York. I was so flawed. I was like, what? Shut up. Yeah, I need to get, I need cool. to find a way to get myself on there. Like, yeah, just have my head on there and a beard. That'll be, that'll be great. Just a Carhartt shirt and a beard. That's all I am. You know, yeah. it's a ghost. I love it. That's so funny. Um, so let, let's switch gears a little bit. And we got a few more questions before we wrap up. Uh, aside from your work, what other creative interests do you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as, as I've been kind of touching on, I'm a professional makeup artist. So that's definitely a talent. Um, I'm a foodie, hands down. So I definitely love uh, trying different things and offering up different spaces and places um, mm. that I find. Um, I'm a wine and whiskey connoisseur. Uh, whiskey definitely just is a newer thing for me, but loving it especially Japanese whiskey. Um, See, hold on. How are we not friends already? Because you're describing everything. Like, yeah, I got some Centauri right here. <laughs> yes, yeah. Nika is actually my favorite. It's a coffee, a coffee bean one. Yeah. Um, but a coffee green one, I should say. Uh, let's see. What else? I love to dance. Deep sugar parties are some of my favorite times, my favorite dance memories. Um, the paradox when it was open, that was, that was good times too. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see what else, um, booty wine. Oh, and music, music is really a love. You know, my dad, uh, was a maestro, I think when it came to music. And so it was just part of like an intrinsic thing, you know, um, it's definitely a way to, I think, to reach people, you know, and community. Um, so yeah, music is definitely a passion of mine too. 
I mean, it, it sounds like you might be an air sign. It, it's so many, so many similarities there. I was, I was here and I was like, whiskey, food, dancing. You say, like, hold on, run that back. The only difference was it was two. I, I don't dance. I just kind of play the wall while drinking my whiskey. Uh, and I don't do makeup. However, uh, I, I, I do make sure that my nails are properly trimmed and oh, well, that I, I make sure I use the Pharrell face stuff well, so I don't look yeah. like I'm 36. So, yeah. yes. Self-care is very important. Yeah. Uh, it's the closest <laughs> Thing. Little foundation, maybe just a little, a little bit, little rice, a little, little, little black powder. Yeah, just a little bit, you know, a little <laughs> rice, a little rice powder. Get my, get my, uh, my cheekbones popping or what have you. Oh my god, I love it. Too funny. So speak on, um, and this was a question we touched on a little bit before uh, we actually hit the re record buttons. Let's go back to that, um, describing that relationship and how you feel that relationship um, should go between the community and the artists within the community. Like, as I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit to kind of get my, my point across a little bit better, because I realized you were right. Um, so, so speaking on that, what should that relationship look like? Or how would you want that relationship to look like between artists and the community in which they're in? So yeah, so yeah, art like art and community, right? Like artists and community. I just really think that it's 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 really um, you know, especially I think in Baltimore too, right? Like when you think about how how small Baltimore is, right, and how um, you know, it is it is the people, right, that help to build up the artists and the art, you know, the artist ability and capacity. Like even when you think about public murals, there's always you know, depending for the most part, there's a conversation with community on like what that looks like or, you know, how to, to build a, a better representation. I think that artists are very, um, for the most part, artists are very intentional about community and like reaching out to community and having conversations. I think even when you have some of the artists that have kind of evolved and at a, at a more finer art level or like mm -hmm. more exhibit level, they started, you know, on the ground at one point doing community, doing street murals, whatever that is. Um, so yeah, I think they, they just kind of go hand in hand, really. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing that kind of gets you over a little bit too, of like, you know, some of the people I've had on, they always talk about, yeah, you know, doing some of these murals on this community-based work um, and staying in the community. Like, you know, like I may have, they, they may talk about having, I may go to New York and I may do that for a while. I may go West, do that for a while, like in Cali or something like that. But I always make it a point to live in Baltimore three to six months out of the year, mm -hmm. because that's the community that I made my bones. And that's where my relationships are at. That's where my inspiration comes from. And um, I think too often it, Baltimore doesn't get that, that credit for it and, you know, kind of helping birth and maybe uh, cultivate a lot of those, those, those uh, practices. Yeah, so, I got, so I've, I've swapped out my last question. I turned it into something because you said something that I, I need to get back to. Okay. So you talked about um, the love hate thing. So we're going to, we're going to give you this, this opportunity to, to redeem that because we're a very pro Baltimore thing here. You are pro Baltimore. I've heard that, yeah. you know, you've mentioned yeah. some things that have, have reference cultural reference here. Docs is one. Uh, so as things open back up, um, and as vaccinations and all that good stuff happening, traveling is going to increase. So I want you to put on that itinerary creator hat real quick. And it's like, you're uh, suggesting three things, places, experiences, whatever that are in Baltimore that you recommend people check out. They could be three food places. They can be like, Hey, you gotta go here, get a bottle of, you know, this, this Nika, you gotta, you know, what are, what are three things that you would recommend from your vantage point? You touched on being a foodie, you hit these different things. Yeah. What are your three things? 
Oh, I, I can't ever do, I can never stay in the limits of like three. Right. So I'll try. Or, or however many, however many you want to. All right. Uh, so let's see. Um, so I just found out about this really awesome Greek restaurant, uh, right off of Eastern Avenue called Corella's cafe. Amazing. Like literally it was like going into Greece. So we were sitting outside, like sitting with the locals, listening to their music. We were doing like, like shots. They were just like offering shots and like free coffee at the end. Wow. It was, it was amazing. Um, so that definitely, you know, and I think that, right. Like uh, the, the, the intimacy of the communities, right. So like just not seeing it at the surface level, but like really walking in, you know, like not just being on Eastern Avenue, but like walking into the side streets and experiencing mm. that. Um, you know, the, the markets, of course, you know, that's one of the things that sort of connected me back to New York, you know, the Lexington markets and Light Street. And even though all of those things have kind of changed, you know, some of them have changed and altered a bit. Um, uh, but, you know, that definitely, um, you know, your little pockets of like, not really a Chinatown, but just some of those like still like pockets of like Asian restaurants, your little Italy's, um, uh, Coco's crab cakes, of course, is like one of the, <sighs> I know, I know people, some people are like agreeing a hundred percent and then others will kind of argue that a bit. I didn't think he was going to make it political. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and wigs. Hello. Ibar wings, hands down are like, okay. Ibar is on point. There. Yeah. Chef style wings. Um, you know, yeah, you, called it, you called it right. You called it right. Chef style is right. Cause, uh, we, we used to go there after a recording on Friday nights and, uh, we used to record this radio station for this other podcast I did. And we would always get rejected cause it was always too many people in there. It was almost like a nightclub. <laughs> and I, I was like, maybe if I talk nice to the bouncer, cause I don't like bouncers. And I was like, we're shaking daddy. He's like, oh, y'all, y'all can come in. Y'all can come in. But usually that was like after two months of being rejected, we fall. I was like, oh I just want in. I was like, I just want some chef style wings. Play you gotta go in the afternoon. Like you had to go between like 11 and two, 11 and four. Those are the better times to go. We try to do Good to night. know. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, everything, you know, like the music scene, the culture, like, you know, station North, of course. And like, um, graffiti alley, you know, um, but, um, just all of the, the underground things, some of the things I don't even really know about. I just kind of like find out about, right. Like with friends. Um, and I think that's what I really enjoyed too, is just those, those little pocket things that sort of like pop up. Um, mm. Herring Run Park, of course, I think our green spaces are beautiful. We have so many, um, mm. if I had a magic wand, you know, I would love to be able to like really make sure that they were all maintained and utilized to their fullest capacity. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's some of my, my favorites, uh, to do. Um, yeah, lately I've been also liking to go up to the mountains a little bit. I know it's not the city, but it's still part of the Mount of, of, of Maryland. Mm. Um, and I've been enjoying that as well. It's it's one of those ways of bringing in, I think, um, the culture is, is a whole thing. You get like the food, you get to see some of these landmarks that aren't necessarily the tourist attractions. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like to do. Like, uh, I think the last time um, I went up there to Brooklyn uh, with, with my girlfriend and I'd never been up there before. And like her, they, they have money, they're privileged. So it's like, oh yeah, Postmates all the time for everything. Any chapstick Postmates. That's so funny. I was like, yo, I'm looking for a bodega. Yeah. It's like, you don't know anything over here. I was like, 
well, I'm going, to, I need a chopped cheese. I was like, you know, I was like, I'm just, yeah. I, I have my Timberlands on. That was literally what I said to her. And she was like, can you stop? <laughs> she was just like, she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. No, so, Where did that bad data come from? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I've always kind of been that way. If I've ever moved into a place, you know, I always wanted to learn it and like learn, yeah. you know, the people, the culture. Um, but you know, God, I mean, I've been here so long. Um, it's definitely this embedded way of being. And, and to go back to this love hate concept that I mentioned, it's sort of like a brother sister relationship. You know, it's like, you know, you have your, you know, your disagreements and your anger sometimes about certain situations, but then if someone, you know, says something about them, you're ready to punch them in their face kind of thing, you know? So like you want to, you know, you're ready to defend <laughs> your, your brother, your sister. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for Baltimore. You know, I wouldn't have a home. I wouldn't, you know, have my career. Um, I wouldn't be passionate, I think, about, you know, the things that I am. Or I wouldn't have been able to nurture that um, if it wasn't for Baltimore. So I, I am definitely grateful for that. That's wonderful. Um, and, and thank you, actually, for sharing all the stuff that you shared. Uh, so now it's that time that I think some people like, some people probably hate shameless plug time. So where can they find you? Where can they learn more about Tola's room? Where can they um, follow you on social media? All of that good stuff. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're on most of the socials. Um, but my, my most prominent one is, is Instagram. So that would be Tola's. So it's T O L A S underscore room. Um, as our handle, uh, we have a link tree as well. That's Tola's room, Facebook, uh, Tola's room as well. Um, we do have a TikTok, but right now, Technically, it's my daughter's personal one. So if you want to see all of her TikTok videos, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, but yeah, we're just like finally, you know, with this solo exhibit that we did um, last Saturday, um, PR Passion, we were really being more intentional about like building like our more our social media. Um, so, you know, right now it really is just like the Facebook, the Instagram and the link tree um, where you can find us. That's great. Um, so I'll do my sign off. Um, thank you so much, Christina. This has been great. It's been uh, great to learn more about you and Tola's Room and all of that good stuff. And um, I'll say that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. <laughs>